How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love. I am Leslie Marshall, and I'm looking forward to discussing the uh, NFL players, um, their um, situation, um, why they are really kneeling. And, you know, I got to say, Fox News' Shepard Smith uh, nailed it. He, he really, really nailed it. He talked about how this is not, you know, violent. It is covered by the First Amendment. They don't hate America. They don't even hate the president necessarily. They hate what this country has become, how divisive it's become, and how the president feeds into and fans the flames of that divisiveness, how he's narcissistic, and how his comments hurt more than the NFL or patriotism or whether you're hashtag take a stand or hashtag take a knee. It hurts our country. And, and, and you know, I got to tell you, I said on TV this morning, I shouldn't have to tell my 9 and 10-year-olds what son of a bee means. They shouldn't be asking me at 9 and 10, what does son of a bee mean? Is that a swear, mommy? Is it a bad word and why? Why? Well, Donald Trump said it on Twitter. That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. Well, joining us to talk more about this whole NFL situation and how fragile and toxic the masculinity of Donald Trump is, um, you know, is our guest uh, joining us. Uh, Dave Zirin is sports editor at The Nation. He's host of the Edge Sport of Sports podcast, which is good because I know nothing about sports. I don't even know that the 50-yard line is on 50-yard line. Uh, Dave was on the show uh, a couple of years ago. He had an excellent interview with us then. It's good to have him back. And he wrote... The Fragile Toxic Masculinity of Donald Trump for the Nation. Good to have him with us. Hey, Dave, good afternoon and welcome back. Sorry it's been so long. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, we, we have so much uh, to talk about. First of all, um, Mark, let's play clip one. We want to hear first the president, the comments, how divisive they are regarding the NFL players who chose... That's their First Amendment right, to kneel during the national anthem. Here it goes, clip one. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Some owner's going to do that. He's going to say, that guy that disrespects our flag, he's fired. And that owner, they don't know it. They don't know it. They're friends of mine, many of them. They don't know. They'll be the most popular person for a week. They'll be the most popular person in this country. For a week. Uh, uh, Dave, um, you know, as a member of the media, you know, both of us, this, this is a president who is the gift that keeps on giving as far as things to talk about. Um, but this is a, a president who's been outspoken. He's been angry. And um, I, I mean, it's to me a sitting president should not be using such language and attacking any American because he's allegedly the president of all Americans 
in addition to the fact the majority of the people kneeling originally were African-American, um, and he has been accused of being a racist in the past, uh, and his, uh, you know, his, his uh, press secretary calling for the firing of that woman at ESPN. And then on top of it, calling a pri- private organizations within yep. the NFL to fire these individuals exercising the First Amendment for which he should be championing as the president of this country. Yeah, I mean, where do you even begin? I mean, it's all just so toxic that this is the president of the United States that this is who he is, that this is how he operates. I mean, in theory, the president is supposed to be someone who actually tries to bring people together, not someone who goes to a rally in Alabama and calls for American citizens to be fired and uses that kind of language. And But I really think in this case Donald Trump overstepped because, you know, Donald Trump never played football. He just likes to live vicariously through violence that other people do. I mean, I mean, my goodness. I mean, this guy does not need the Oval Office. He needs a psychiatrist's couch. I mean, whether you're talking about his obsession with the size of his own fingers, his love of trucks, and how much he likes to ride big trucks, uh, his love for football, even though he never played it, uh, his love for you know military might and threatening nuclear weapons on other countries, even though he never actually actively avoided serving in the military himself. This is what I mean by calling his brand of masculinity so toxic. And let's remember that part of what he said at this rally in Alabama was pining for the days where there was even more traumatic brain injury in the NFL, saying the sport had gotten too soft. But because Donald Trump never played football, he also doesn't understand that they have this thing in the NFL that they call the brotherhood, which means that when you attack one player, you attack all players. And he didn't understand that. So what Donald Trump thought, I believe, is that I think he's at this rally in Alabama. It's an all-white crowd in Huntsville. And he's going to look at them, and he's going to demonize nine African-American athletes who are protesting against racism in the criminal justice system. And he probably... If we have time... Yeah, he's got he's got a bully's instinct. So for him, it's like I'm going to isolate these nine people, make their lives hell. I'm not going to at all take seriously what they're trying to say, and I'm going to go after them and call for them to lose their livelihood. And I'm going and please and, and and please nobody notice. Please nobody notice that North Korea has taken what I said as declaration of war. That there's another storm, and I've ignored the people of Puerto Rico because um you know I don't know our own <laughs> government and probably didn't know that they were a Commonwealth and citizen for five days. Uh, please ignore the fact that Angela Merkel was reelected. Uh, please ignore the fact that yeah. the uh, violence in the United States has increased tremendously over the uh, past year. And I think a lot of it does have to do with his rhetoric, which greenlights people um, to, to be okay with some of the actions they have taken, as we have seen, not just in Charlottesville, but in, in other places. And I'll throw another one at you as well. It's that he's giving this speech hours after John McCain said he wouldn't vote for this Obamacare repeal. And yeah, sorry, right. I, I'm sorry. I didn't even. Graham Cassidy's dead, David, so I forgot about it already. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's already dead as we're having this conversation. But at the time, that was so fresh in the news. And this, I, I mean, he, we have seen as well that he has this obsession. And Russia. Uh, and Russia, of course, too. And Healthcare Russia. and Russia, right? Just to, to yeah. uh, deflect, deflect, deflect. Deflect, um, distract. Know, I, but the third D is yeah. the one, though, that's the most dangerous because it connects to that issue of violence that you're talking about. It's deflect, distract, and demonize. So he's going to demonize. And I'll add one more D. I'll add one more D with you, which is destroy. We're going to come back. 
because the president also applauded the anger of the crowd. I don't know about you, but to me, that just comes too close to inciting a riot. The anger of the crowd. Maybe I'm reaching. I'm Leslie Marshall. We're going to be back with our guest. You want to join us? Pick up the phone. I know some of you have comments about this. Some of you, uh, and, and this is not necessarily Democrat or Republican. We are back. So we see Dave Zirin. He is the, with the nation. He wrote a great piece called The Fragile Toxic Masculinity of Donald Trump. He's sports editor there at the nation and host of the Edge of Sports podcast. Dave Zirin. Good to have him with us. Dave, sorry for mispronouncing your uh, first name. Oh, the first okay. time, last name the first time around. Um, Ugh, I want to. No you, you, talk, you, talk, you talked about uh, Trump calling the players and saying the players were too soft. I want to play a clip of that. Here's clip two, Mark. Uh, this is Trump uh, talking. You know, uh, we, we know all about this brain injury stuff. And my husband's an orthopedic surgeon, and he'll tell you, you shake that brain, you're, you're going to have some damage. If not now, then later. Uh, here is Trump talking about the game being too soft. Because, you know, today, if you hit too hard, right, they hit too hard, 15 yards, throw him out of the game. They had that last week. I watched for a couple of minutes. And two guys just really beautiful tackle. Boom, 15 yards. The referee gets on television. His wife is sitting at home. She's so proud of him. They're ruining the game, right? They're ruining the game. Hey, look, that's what they want to do. They want to hit, okay? They want to hit. But... But it is hurting the game. Uh, speak to us um, about that and, and also the timing of that. You had mentioned in your piece that 27-year-old former New England Patriot, and I'm a Pats fan, I'm from New England, uh, Aaron Hernandez, uh, when he went public and he found out he had stage 3 uh, CTE, uh, that, that's when the president came out against this. I mean, I don't think he understands. We're, we're, we're talking about brain damage. We're not talking yeah. about a, a chipped nail. No, absolutely. And um, but also but when Trump said that, I think that's how people can best understand why these protests, these unprecedented protests of several hundred people in the National Football League over the weekend, why it wasn't just players and coaches, why owners took the field as well. Some of these owners who had written checks for millions of dollars to Donald Trump. Why did they do that? I think it was that line right there about CTE that provoked the wrath of some of Trump's billion-dollar backers. Uh, because when you talk about head injuries, first of all, it's something that a lot of NFL owners do take seriously because, you know, these are players that they know. They know their families. You see people who are brain damaged. I'm not, I don't want to say that it's just about dollars and cents and profits, but I do know that when you talk about this issue of CTE and this idea that the sport can never be made safe, you are touching upon the great existential fear of this multi-billion dollar business. This idea that football may not exist or will look profoundly and radically different in 20, 30, or 40 years. And this is, what, this is like the, the particular bear that Trump poked. He's saying the NFL is garbage because there's not enough brain injury. Well, the, the NFL is not going to get less safe just so Donald Trump can live through his vicarious uh, macho yearning, like through the sports, it is only going to have more regulation because otherwise the sport won't exist because science is not this sport's friend. So he can do that kind of talk radio, red meats, we're too politically correct. When in reality, you know, not unlike Rush Limbaugh, who has echoes a very similar line, he never played the game. 
He never, and just it's the same thing with war in the armed forces. He couldn't dirty his own billion-dollar fingernails by getting out there himself and, 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 and join the armed forces during Vietnam, just as Rush Limbaugh. Uh, claims because he got a cyst in his behind, and that's why he said, oh, I can't fight in Vietnam. If they're the ones who are trying to get our children sent overseas to fight these wars, it's very similar in, with football. And so he can blather on all he wants to his crowd in Alabama. This is an argument that Donald Trump will lose. And anyone who doubted that only had to look at, at, the, at the way the NFL showed up this past weekend. He tried to demonize nine players who he thought he could isolate, and found that the reality of the situation was something quite different. And, and I want to talk about that because um, here's a clip of the president encouraging a boycott. It just amazes me, a president encouraging um, uh, people to not buy tickets. you got to remember, it's more than the football players who get paid when people buy those tickets. But here's Trump encouraging that NFL boycott. When people like yourselves turn on television and you see those people taking the knee when they're playing our great national anthem. The only thing you could do better is if you see it, even if it's one player, leave the stadium. I guarantee things will stop. Things will stop. Just pick up and leave. Pick up and leave. Not the same game anymore, anyway. Okay, so Dave, uh, talk to me about this. He has said before the ratings came out that the ratings were bad from last night's game when he tweeted this, what, like yesterday, and said that more people tuned in. Of course, people are going to tune in in the beginning who may not watch football. Somebody like me, I'm not going to watch the whole game unless it's the Super Bowl. I'm one of those people. I admit it. Um, but, um, you know, what we have seen is a unity of the football um, league um, from, from, you know, the head of the organization to the coaches and, you know, what Dallas did, which is they kneeled before, but they stood after because they're showing solidarity with the other NFL players. From your perspective in the sports world, um, is this really going to hurt the NFL? I mean, I know people may be mad, but my husband says, and he's not a big football fan. My husband says morning, noon, and night in the doctor's lounge, at work, at the gym, all he hears is people talking about football. And they're not talking about kneeling. They're talking about the games. This is a big part of American life and American culture. Um, is, is the president, with his rhetoric, really going to hurt it long term, whether ratings or with the boycott, ticket sales, people, uh, people tuning in? Wow. I mean, that, that really is a terrific question. Um, I mean, here's the thing, too. The, well, the other thing that Donald Trump did was he encouraged people to watch NASCAR, which has its lowest ratings in 17 yep. years. Uh, so for, you know, and also baseball has its lowest ratings in years. Ratings are down across the board in sports because young people are less likely to watch them. It's an absurd thing to blame Colin Kaepernick or protesting players for what is a national and generational trend in terms of how sports are consumed in this country. But you shouldn't expect Donald Trump, none of us should, to understand the nuance of any of this. You know, he's a rank opportunist whose only agenda, honestly, is division especially as we talked about in the first segment, when the need for distraction is so intense because his own agenda is falling apart uh, because he has no idea how to do his job. I mean, we have a big baby in the White House, and all anyone ever tries to do is make sure that baby is okay. And it was amazing to see, like, like some of the comments from the White House, like, as Puerto Rico is so deeply threatened, as the health care bill was imploding over the weekend, and thank goodness it's now officially imploded. But the comments from the White House is the president is very happy with what happened in the Alabama speech. 
because he feels like most Americans are with him on this issue, as if that's what determines whether or not it was right to stay. I mean, why? And as Alex Smith, the quarterback of the Chiefs, he said it very clearly. He said, and I think a lot of people are saying this, that why does the president have more venom uh, at NFL players than he does at neo-Nazis? I mean, the dichotomy of who he chooses to demonize, and it's only measured by whether or not it inflames his base and has people agree with him or it pulls well. It's an absurd way to run a country, and it's why we are, as Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs, said, we're a laughing stock throughout the world because of this idiot. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sick of it, and I'm tired of it. And, obviously, a lot of people in the sports world are tired of it, too. And I thought it was very interesting that a lot of Trump supporters in the NFL, like Rex Ryan, they were outraged as well by his comments. And this just speaks to that issue where I think a lot of folks have blinders on about who Donald Trump is, about what he represents, until you... Well, and, and, you know, and you know what he's doing? You know what he's doing, Dave? There are people, and we're going to play a clip after um, you leave us today, um, but there are people, and you know, more than one out there, numerous uh, people, who voted for Trump, even some of the heads, like the head of the Patriots, um, who were friends with their voted for Trump, but are like, no, you've crossed the line here, this has gone a bit too far, because... You're attacking not just a sport, but individual players who at the onset of this were largely African-American, missing the point of why they're doing what they're doing. And he is, in a sense, very much a part of, if not the cause of why they're doing what they're doing, is they no longer can stand and put their hand over their heart because the flag that flies does not represent the America that was and and, and can be in that unity. Also for African Americans, you know, I, I'm not trying to be petty here, but, you know, African Americans largely in this country are descendants of slaves. And I know people say oh, that was a long time ago, but they never got their 40 acres in a meal. And yeah. they have a right to be um, angry. They, they have a right to be the First Amendment to kneel and to say, they're not saying I hate my country. They're not saying this is not their country. Because I get so angry and people are like, this country gave them the opportunity to make a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, because you make a lot of money, you you, you have to put your hand over your heart. How come it was okay for Kid Rock to desecrate the, cla- the flag wearing a cape with it around his body at a concert? Yeah, no, I mean, the, the hypocrisies are just are just all over the place with Trump and his messaging. I mean, and there's no ideological consistency to it either. It's just what's good for his base is something he'll support. And instead of him trying to win people over or even, God forbid, listen to what people have to say who disagree with him, it's just demonize and distract and destroy. And again, like, I'm absolutely sick of it. I'll give you an example of this, too. Like, as we speak, Jeff Sessions, the, the the attorney general, who I don't know why he hasn't been prosecuted for perjury, but Jeff Jeff Sessions is giving a speech at Georgetown Law right now about how our campuses have become places of political correctness, and we can't be afraid of other ideas. When it's like they're in, they are terrified of players who kneel. You know, they're terrified to hear what anybody has to say who disagrees with them. Jeff Sessions had a woman prosecuted for laughing at him, for goodness sakes. I mean, I, it's, it's unbelievable to me. Like, like, so it's like what works for them is not necessarily It's like we're, living, we're not folks. living that this is a reality. You, you write in your piece about so many things, but 
you talk about, and I want to quote, these athletes are doing a lot more than sitting or kneeling or raising a fist during the anthem. They are offering up an alternative model for unity, justice, and even manhood. They are showing that what makes an adult is whom you can help, not whom you can cuss, and certainly not whom you can destroy for shameless and divisive political gain. Does it really come down to any time he doesn't like something someone's doing? Because this was not originally against him. I do think people that are taking a knee now are taking a knee against him. <laughs> May not even know why these athletes, uh, yeah. you know, uh, why Colin originally did it. Um, but, it, you know, is that what it comes down to? Uh, the America that says you must stand when the national anthem is played and the America that says... I would. I think it's great if we could be united and stand together for our national anthem, but we've we've got a lot of things to fix here, and it's and it's okay to recognize that we're broken, and we'll be broken together as we kneel. Yeah. No. All of these things um, are, are are certainly true, and it's so interesting is that like you know I think that uh, people like Colin Kaepernick who who kneel during the anthem. I mean, they're they're taking the anthem more seriously than the person who sits in their couch at home drinking beer while it's playing, or even the people in the stadium who are you know using the bathroom, or even the people who are just sort of standing and they you know they're looking around and they're thinking about the game. Because what Colin Kaepernick is doing and what other folks are doing are taking seriously what they're standing and putting their hand over their heart for. They're thinking critically about where this country is, and they're looking at the lives of people like Alton Sterling and Philando Castile and Michael Brown and Tamir Rice, and they're wondering, how can we make this a more perfect union? How can we make this a better country? And their, their words are not being taken seriously, and they, I think, would want to have a president that they could actually talk to about this, but instead they have someone who wants to demonize anybody who dares put their head up and say anything. Okay. I really appreciate you being with us today. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you uh, very much uh, for joining us. And, um, you know, Dave, you got to read his piece, Dave Zirin, uh, The Fragile Toxic Masculinity of Donald Trump at thenation.com. Also go to edgeofsports.com. On Twitter, follow them at edgeofsports and follow at uh, the nation. Um, before we uh, go to break, uh, Mark, we're doing this before break. Is that correct? Am I correct in that? Um, and uh, before we go to break, um, I'm trying to find uh, Mark and I, our communication mode here. Yes? Okay. Uh, before we go to break, I think uh, we're going to be playing uh, our cut number four. Um, this came out actually after Dave uh, published his article, which was uh, a couple of days ago, Sunday. And uh, this was during the panel of Trump voters with CNN's Allison Camerata. Uh, somebody I know personally like a lot. This is one of those people who regrets voting for Trump that I was talking about. I think that these players have the right to kneel during the national anthem or sit out, and it's just an argument that really didn't need to be picked, and now it's what everybody's talking about when there are so many other things that we could be talking about, like the hurricane in Puerto Rico. So why is President Trump weighing in on this? I think it's because he loves America. I don't like the disrespect that these players are showing. But on the other hand, as my husband and I both say, we may not like it, but my husband served 21 years. My brother-in-law died in service to guarantee both the NFL players' rights to free speech and the president's right of free speech. I'm a son of and a grandson of veterans, and I was always taught that I might not 
like what you say, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. And that's what the First Amendment's about, and that's what this country's about. Do I like them taking a knee during the national anthem? Personally, no. But that's their choice, and it's their way to protest. What I had concerned about was why in the world, and I live a couple hours from Charlottesville, Virginia, he couldn't call those individuals the neo-Nazis, the white suprem supremacists. Why couldn't he call them sons of a bitches? And why couldn't he? That's a, a huge concern of mine, meaning what is really going on in that man's mind? A lot of what happened yesterday was in response to what our president said, being very unpresidential, using the term son of a bitch. I believe that if we want to continue to be the country we are, we have to allow dissenting opinion. But I agree with Mark also. If you're going to use that term, let's use that term in Charlottesville as well. Now, Peyton, what do you think about that? Why is he using harsher words for the NFL players? I wish I knew. <laughs> it just completely baffles me. When he made the first like condemnation of um, white supremacists in Charlottesville, it kind of seemed like it was lacking any substance. He didn't call anybody out. Then he made the second one, which sounded presidential, but it was two days late. And then the next day he comes back out and kind of retracts what he said the day before and went with his original stance. And it's just so unnerving to have those within days of each other.